Being a mother, being a mother is probably one of the most difficult jobs that anybody can ever have. I mean, that's your cue, ladies, moms, right? That's your cue. Most challenging jobs that anybody could ever have. You know, I've I've got a few quotes here. This is from uh, American poet W.R. Wallace. He says, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. How true is that? Mamas, you are influential. You have the ability. God has given you the ability to, to influence generations of people, to be able to influence our our, our town, our city, our state, our world, you, 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 you have that ability. God's given you that ability and that calling to influence your children. Another quote, this is um, uh, author and the wife of famed aviator Charles, Charles Lindbergh. She, she says this, By and large, mothers and housewives are the only workers who do not have regular time off. They are the great vacationless class. <laughs> you believe that? That is so true. Right? Women are so worked. You know, if you go a couple of generations in the past, women, women were not uh, working outside of the home. But now, women, not only are they the keepers of the home and they raise their kids and they, they get, make sure everything is, is peaceful and done at the house, but now they have to do that after they get off of work at 5 p.m., so they work a full-time job. Their husband works a full-time job. They come home, and, 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 the, and, and the mom cannot shut off her brain from that, that God-given desire to be a nurturer and a caretaker of the home. And so women truly are the only workers who don't get any, any time off. I want to show you this clip, this video. You know, so we've got a, got a couple of quotes there to just describe how busy moms are. But I wanted to give us all a visual. And I apologize to you that are in this back. Wait, wait, stop, pause it, pause it. Pause the video. Okay. I want to apologize to you in the back corner because you cannot see this. But I just want everyone to know that we have ordered a new projector. Hallelujah. And so it just takes a while to figure out uh, which one to get. They're very expensive. But we, we will, hopefully this next Sunday, we will have a video uh, projector on this side. So... But this is a visual of what it's like to be a mom. This is the Ed Sullivan Show. It's a guy, he's got this table, he's spinning a bunch of bowls, and he's spinning a bunch of plates at the same time. He's got like 10 plates in five bowls. He's trying to keep them all going. Is that how you feel, moms? There's <laughs> so many things going on all at once. He's going to do it. 
Unfortunately for you moms, the, the plates don't stop spinning. <laughs> he could stop the plates, but for, but for you, it doesn't stop spinning. And that is a picture of what it's like to be a mom. It's just constant, things are constantly, you're having to feel like you're constantly having to keep things going. You know, for us husbands, for us fathers, we have one big plate. Do you guys know what that plate is labeled? Are my kids alive? That's the plate. We're not worried about all these different things that the woman is worried about. And, and for us, we should be very grateful that we have moms. And I just want to give you a few pictures of what it's like for a mom. You know, each one of those plates has a label. She's spinning all these different plates, trying to keep all these things going. And here's some of the labels. Work. She has work she's trying to do. She's working outside of the house. Then she comes home, she has house cleaning. Then she has to cook breakfast, lunch, supper, drop, drop kids off at the school, make sure they're prepared, make sure they have everything signed that needs to be signed. How many moms get tired of signing the things and your kids forget that you need to sign things? You're constantly initialing and signing and you've got to make sure that's done. You have homework you have to make sure your kids do because you want them to graduate high school, be able to go to college, sports practices. How many of you are like an Uber driver as a mom? You're constantly bringing your kids to sports practices, to games. These are all the plates you're spinning. They all have labels, sports practices, games, laundry. Thank God for moms that wash the clothes. Quality time with the kids. Bible study, prayer time, bath time. Make sure the kids eat healthy. Make sure they brush their teeth. Talk through the problems they're having at school. Discipline. Individually love them well. If you have multiple kids, you know, if you have one child, I mean, you are, you are, what's the word? I was going to say blessed, but you know, I like having four kids. But, but you don't have to divide your love. You got one child to spoil rotten. But for all of us with multiple kids, you got to try to spread that love around equally. And then you have to feed yourself. You have to take your own bath. You have to get dressed. You have to make sure you have quiet time to keep your own sanity. And then you have to go to work, and you have to come home, and you have to do it all over again. That's what it's like being a mom. Did I describe it well, ladies, moms? So the question that all moms ask is this question. Am I enough? Am I enough? Can I, can I, can I keep the plates going? Can I keep them spinning? What's going to happen if they quit spinning? And for a mom, if one of the plates quits spinning and it drops and it breaks, it is catastrophic in that woman's life. She, she, she feels like her world has completely come apart if she quits spinning all the plates and keeps, and, and she stops keeping the balance in the family. And I just want you to know that, that, that moms are like that, but dads are not. And what I want to do this morning is I want to show us why we should be thankful for our moms. And so I just want to take the same, a few pictures of, of, of the plates that moms keep spinning. And I want us to look at it just real quickly through the lens of a dad. And I want to illustrate why we should be thankful for moms. For us dads, like I said, there's one big plate. It's, it's are my kids alive? That's all we're worried about. Make sure they're living. Bath time? Mom wants to make sure the kids take their bath. For, for, for uh, dads, what do we do? Let me smell you. You're good for a couple more days. You're good to go, right? That's dads. Eat healthy? Moms want to make sure you eat your vegetables. Dads, go ahead, eat the cookie. That's fine. Eat the cookie, but make sure you save me one. That's, that's dads. 
It's true. I don't mind if my kid eats a cookie be- before supper because I like cookies before supper. Get dressed. Moms want to make sure their kids are dressed well and everything matches for the dad. It doesn't have to match. Who cares? Just, just go. Go to school. Get out the door. You're fed. You're clothed. You're in your right mind. Go. Laundry. Laundry. Moms, right? They stay on top of the laundry. Make sure that everything is washed and smelling good. For us dads, this is, what, this is how we view it. Smell it again, right? We smell the clothes. That Son, that underwear is good for at least another week. <laughs> You're good to go. Put that back in your drawer. You can wear it one more day. Y'all are laughing, but it's true. You know it's true. Talk through problems at school. Moms, where, 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 would, we, where would we be if we didn't have our moms to talk through our emotional problems at school? You talk to a dad about your problems at school. This is what he's going to say. What's their name? And when is your lunch break? Because they're coming to school. They want to talk. They, 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 they're going to fix it. Dads are fixers. Moms, want, moms are holistic. They want to deal with what is on the inside. Homework. Thank God for moms that care about homework. Dads, what is our view? C's get degrees. That is, that is our view. That's probably not all of our views, but C's get degrees, right? Um, sports practices and games. What is the dad's view? Destroy everyone. Beat everybody. Take no prisoners, right? Destroy everybody. So how many of you are thankful for moms? How many of you are thankful that, that we're not all simply raised by dads, right? I know some of you, you have been raised just by your dad, and God bless him for, for what he did and his faithfulness. But God made moms specifically to be nurturers, to be caretakers, and we are thankful for our moms. So I have four things that I want to, to say thank you to our moms for. There's four main things. Number one, thank you, mom. Thank you, mom, for your sacrificial love. Thank you, mom. Thank you, mom, for your sacrificial love. That's what moms do. They sacrifice. They sacrifice their love. That's, that's, that's the plate spinning. They sacrifice their time. They sacrifice their energy. They sacrifice their sanity. They sacrifice everything for the sake of their kids because there is an unconditional love that God has placed in the heart of every mother for her child. And thank you, mom, for sacrificing for me, for laying down your life for me and our family. Thank you, mom. For, sac- for your sacrificial, sacrificial love. Tineva Jordan, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her first name right, she's an author, she says this about a mom's sacrificial love. A mother is a person who's seeing there are only four pieces of pie for five people, promptly announces she never did care for pie. That's a mom. She's willing to sacrifice. Maybe it was her favorite pie. I mean, I've seen Estelle do this. It's her favorite dessert or pie or food or snack. And if Joel or Ellie or, 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 or Reagan wants that, she will give it up. Why? Because she's a mom. But what am I going to do? No, I, can't, I want it. You can get something later. I'll go to the store and buy you something. That's the true story. It's true. But moms, no, mom, she, you would do that, right? You would sacrifice. Moms, you would sacrifice because God put that in you to sacrifice for your kids. Thank you for your sacrificial love. You know, there's a picture in scripture about a mom's willingness to sacrifice for her kids. You, do you remember the story of Solomon? He becomes king. And before he becomes king, he asks God, or the Lord comes and tells him, you can have anything that you want. And he asks for wisdom. And God gives him wisdom as king. And there's a story about two women that come to him. 
And one says, one says, this is my baby. And the other mom says, no, that's my baby. And because one of the babies had died. And so let's read, let's read the story. Then the king said, the one says, this is my son that is alive and your son is dead. The other says, no, your son is dead and my son is the living one. So you got two women that are declaring that their son is the one that is alive and not the one that is dead. And the king said, bring me a sword. So a sword was brought to, before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to the one and half to the other. What? Seriously? Then the woman whose son was alive said to the king, because her heart yearned for her son, oh my Lord, give her the living, give the lying woman the living child. That's what she was saying. Give her the living child and by no means put him to death. But the other said, the lying woman said, he shall be neither mine nor yours. Divide him. Cut him in half. Then the king answered and said, give the living child to the first woman. And by no means put him to death. She is the mother. What was the proof that she was the mother? She was willing to sacrifice. She was willing to sacrifice her desire to love her very own child for the sake of keeping that child alive. That is a mother. That's what mothers do. They give sacrificial love. Sacrificial love reflects the love that we have in Christ. It's called agape love. It's unconditional love. Mothers, you love your children unconditionally. You have a heart of love for them. And it is a reflection. That agape love is a reflection of the love that Christ has for us. We can't earn that love. We don't deserve the love that Christ gives us in Jesus Christ. We don't deserve that. And that is the same type of love that moms have for their children. I just want to read a definition of agape love. It's this unconditional love that is always giving and impossible to take or be a taker. It devotes total commitment to seek your highest best no matter how anyone may respond. Isn't that so true? This is a mother's love, agape love. This form of love is totally selfless and does not change whether the love is given or returned or not. That's, that's selfless love. That's agape love. That is a love that a mother has for her children. And thank God for mothers that have that sacrificial love. Motherhood produces too many sacrifices for us to name. That is the nature of being a mom. So I just want to say to all you moms, thank you. Thank you for every act of sacrifice, sacrificial love you make for your kids. Every act of sacrificial love you make towards your kids, it is a reflection. It is a demonstration of the love that you have for Christ, the love that has changed your heart. You are taking that love of Christ that's been shed abroad in your heart, and you are demonstrating that love to your kids. Yes, I know it's hard spinning the plates, keeping it all together. But trust me, every, love, every act of sacrificial love, keeping the plates spinning, keeping things going, your kids will thank you. There will be a day where they're going to recognize. They're going to recognize the sacrifices that you made for them. They, they're going to recognize one day, especially when they start having babies. They start to realize that life is hard. Life is busy. Life has challenges. And they'll think, they'll think back, how did my mom do it? Did anybody ever think about that? Yeah, as I became an adult, we started having children. I looked back and I thought, how did my mom do it? You know, I was going to have five points to this message, but I, I, I erased the fifth point. But we'll, I just want to say this. You know, some of you grew up 
and you, 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 you got older and you didn't realize till later in life that your house was really messed up. Right? You guys ever experienced that? You didn't realize, man, our life was really messed up. We really had problems. And, and, but why didn't you know that? Because your mama fought for peace in your home. That's what mamas do. So thank you, mom. Thank you, mom, for your sacrificial love. Thank you for fighting for peace in our home. And you, you should thank your mama for that. Because mamas want to keep the home peaceful and nice and quiet for you to come in. A place of serenity and peace so you can be loved and cherished and nurtured. God put that in mothers. Thank you, moms, for fighting for the peace in our homes. That sacrificial love that you demonstrate. Your 1 Corinthians 13 speaks of this type of love. It says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And this is that motherly love, that sacrificial love. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Thank you, moms. Thank you, mom, for your sacrificial love for us. Second thing that we we are thankful for with our moms is this. Thank you, mom. Thank you, mom, for believing in me. Thank you, mom, for believing in me. Thank you, mom. You need to thank your mom. Thank you for believing in me. You know, moms naturally believe in their kids. And I, I was talking to my wife yesterday, and I asked her yesterday, what, what do you think it means? What do you think it means that a mom believes in her kids? And this is a quote from Estelle Bufkin, who is the wife of Ben Bufkin and mother to Joel, Eliana, Reagan, and Lincoln. This is what Estelle says. No one in the world is going to believe in who God has created my kids to be more than me. I want my kids to know that God's word is true. And that God's word says that he has a plan for their life. And God's word says that they are uniquely created. It's true. That's true. And moms believe that. It's reminiscent of what Psalms 139 says. This is a description of life inside the mother's womb and the fact that God has created every life special and unique with a calling. Psalms 139 says this, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret intricately woven that that's you that's me intricately woven in the depths of the earth your eyes saw my unformed substance and in your book were written in your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me God is saying in Psalms 139 that every single life God has designed to be on this earth he has purpose and calling and plans for them to accomplish. All the days of your life have been written in God's book before they ever took shape. That means every life is valuable. Every life has purpose. There are no accidents in life. Every life has purpose and meaning. How precious, verse verse 17, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them They are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. 
Life is precious. And your kids have purpose and meaning. And mothers, you believe in your kids. You believe, you, want it, you believe the best in them. You see their potential. And so, and so you, you will fight for that purpose. You will fight for that calling. You will encourage them. You will point them in the direction that God has gifted them and called them. And that's what mothers do. You know, Jesus had a mother who did that. You guys remember the story in the, in the Gospel of John? There's a wedding party. And the wedding party, the host had ran out of wine. And what did, what did Jesus' mother do? Jesus' mother knew who he was. Mary knew who Jesus was. Mary knew that, she was, that he was the son of God. Mary knew he had a calling on his life, that he was sent from God and he had power. And look what happened here, John 2, 1 through 5. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. And when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, Jesus, there's no wine. Kind of like, what you going to do about it? It doesn't really say that there, but you got to read between the lines there. Jesus, they've run out, and what are you going to do about it? Because why did she she talk to Jesus about there being no wine? Because she knew he could do something about it. He knew what was, she knew what was in him. She knew the gifting and the calling that was on the inside of him, and she was going to, she was going to help bring it to the surface. They have no wine, she said to him. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? I love that. I love that phrase. In the, I love what Jesus said. They're like, this, look, it's none of my business. They should have prepared. They should have had enough wine. They ran out. That's their fault. Go to the grocery store. Why are you talking to me about this? And I love how mamas have a way of ignoring their sons. What does it have to do with me? My hour's not yet come. Meaning Jesus was saying, hey, look, look, it's not time for me to demonstrate who I am yet. I know you know. It's undercover right now. It's not time yet. And then his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Basically, I just love this picture. This is so real. This is real life. This really happened. This is a real story. It's not made up. Real life. He said, look, it's their fault. What does it have to do with me? And I can just see the mom looks at the servants. Hey, just do whatever he says. Like, he's going to take care of it. Why? Because she knew who he was. And moms, you know who your kids are because you, you, you like to take the time. You spend the time finding out about their day and working through their problems. You connect with them on that emotional level because God designed you as mothers to do that. And you know who they are. Jesus' mother knew who he was. She knew he could do something about the lack of wine. This is why she said, do whatever he says. What a blessing to have a mom who sees things in you that no one else does. That's what mamas see. They see things in you that nobody else does. They recognize who God made you to be. She sees the potential and she encourages the giftings God has given you. You know, we live in a world, we live in a world that seeks to tear us down. You guys ever, you guys seen that lately? Mean people in this world. I think about my kids growing up in this mean world, this crazy world. I think people, people will be quick to tear you down. They just they, they, they want to make fun of who you are, how you look, how you dress. Going to school as, as, as a child is torture at times because kids are mean and they, 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 they have no mercy. If you look different, act different, they will have no mercy on you. And mamas are a safe place for their sons and their daughters to come to wrap their arms around them and say, baby, I, I'm with you. I'm here. I believe in you. I know who, who God made you to be. Thank God for mamas. Come pull their kids close. 
We all need a safe place to hide where somebody can speak life to what God has placed on the inside of us. And God has given moms. Moms, God's given you that special place. Shelter those kids. Bring them in close to you. Tell them that they're loved. Tell them that, that, that they're needed. Tell them that who God's called them to be will we'll come to the surface and you're going to help them do that. George Washington, our first president, said this. My mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I am, I owe to my mother. All I am. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. Everything. He says he attributed all of his success to his mom's love. It's the power that a mom has when she believes in her children. So thank you, mom. Thank you, mom, for your sacrificial love. And thank you, mom, for believing in me. Thirdly, thirdly, thank you, mom, for pointing me to Jesus. Thank you, mom, for pointing me to Jesus. I did some sermon research yesterday when I talked with my wife. I talked to another mom. Got a quote from Jamie Dishman. She's a wife of Billy Dishman, and she's mother to Eli, Aiden, Bella, Lucy, and Gavin. And this is what she says. I asked her, I said, what do you think it means? Why, why, why is it important for mothers to appoint their children to Jesus? And this is what Jamie says. There is no replacement for a mother's heart for her children. No one will pray more fervently for a child's heart to be turned to Christ than a mother. In a culture saturated by me time, mom trips, and girlcations, Christian moms must rise up and see motherhood as the best thing they are doing to make a difference in the kingdom of God. It is so true. Our job as moms is to model Christ, to point the way, and then to pray that God does what he always does. Amen? It's powerful. It's powerful. It's true. Moms, you have a great responsibility and privilege of pointing your kids to Jesus. And I love what Jamie said there. It starts with modeling. It starts with the the reality that you model what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And your kids see you model that. And I love what she said there, that, 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 that doing that alone is one of the greatest things. Being a mother and pointing your kids to Christ is one of the greatest things that you could do on this earth for the kingdom of God. So many people are looking to do great things. Ladies, you're looking to do great things for God's kingdom. But I want you to know, if you're a mom, if you're a grandmother here, you have that, you have that privilege to model Christ's likeness to your kids and to point them to Christ. And you are influencing future generations that will follow after Christ. 2 Timothy 1.5 gives us a picture of what it's like to have a sincere faith passed from one generation to the next. Let's read this, 2 Timothy 1. This is... Paul writing to Timothy. He says, I'm reminded of your, your sincere faith, Timothy. A faith that dwelt first where? Your grandmother Lois. And in your mother Eunice. And now I'm sure dwells in you as well. From grandmother to mother to son. It's powerful. Passed on from generation to generation. Generation to generation. Godly grandmothers and mothers are used by God to shape the next generation of leaders, missionaries, and pastors. Your influence, moms. Thank you for that influence. Use that influence to point your children to Christ. A mother's job can be filled with seemingly endless mundane responsibilities. You're you're spinning the plates. You're spinning all the plates. It seems so mundane. It seems so like this really doesn't matter. Does it really matter 
<laughs> Does it really matter if my kids eat healthy? Does it really matter if their socks match? Does it really matter if, they, if their armpits stink a little bit? Does it really matter if I get all my ducks in a row? Does it really matter? And you're doing all these mundane things in your life. You're keeping the plates spinning. So many mundane things. You could be tempted to believe that you're failing to make a significant eternal impact on your kids. But I want you to know, your, your devotion and your care for your kids in the daily responsibilities of life, it's demonstrating to your kids what it's like to be a Christian, living a, a busy life with the burdens of life on your shoulder and persevering and sticking it through and doing what matters most. It matters. But your faithful example of loving Christ in the midst of the chaos of life, catch this, your faithful example of loving Christ in the midst of the chaos of life makes more impact than you'll ever know. It does. It does, moms. So thank you, moms, for pointing your kids to Christ. Lastly, thank you, mom, for praying for me. Thank you, mom, for praying for me. I did some more research. And I asked a mama, Tina Trosclair, who was the wife of Vern Trosclair and the mother to Grace and Sophie. I asked her, I said, Tina, why, why should moms pray for their kids? Why is it important? This is what Tina said. If you believe in the power of prayer, why wouldn't you pray for your children? If you, as a mom, don't pray for them, who will? <laughs> Seriously, who will? Only God can change the heart of a person. When our children are young, we can make them follow the rules, but only God can change their hearts. God is our only hope for our children's salvation and sanctification. Amen. Amen. So true. So well spoken. Moms, thank you for praying. Thank you for praying for me. Mom, thank you for praying for me. And you need to thank your mom for being that prayer word to consistently pray for you, to consistently seek God for you. I think... Most of us here, I believe that most of us here are here because of our praying grandmothers and our praying mothers. We're here following Christ, and you, and you, you may think, well, hey, you know, I, I was the one who surrendered to Christ. I was the one who made that decision. You know, first of all, you can't save yourself. That's the, that's the core of the gospel. It is impossible for you to save yourself. It is by grace alone, through faith, through faith alone in Jesus Christ. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So you didn't save yourself. And also, your mama and your grandmother, they're the ones who prayed you through. They petition heaven for you. They grabbed a hold of, 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 of faithful prayer scriptures about salvation, and they prayed for you every single day that you would come to faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Mom, for praying. Thank you for praying. There's a perseverance in prayer that mothers have. It's a tenacity to believe the impossible for our kids, to believe that God has a plan for them, that he wants to use them, and that he desires to demonstrate his love in and through them. So moms, pray for your kids. You have impact through prayer. Abraham Lincoln said this about his mom's prayers. He says, I remember my, my mom's prayers, and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all my life. Isn't that powerful? My mother's prayers have followed me and they've clung to me all of my life. Moms, I I pray. I encourage you to pray for your kids. Pray for them in your private time, but pray for them together with them 
and let those prayers shape their heart and let them say like Abraham Lincoln when they get older, my mom's prayers have followed me. They've clung to me all of my life. So, moms, we need to answer the question. We've got to answer the question that we started out with. Are you enough? Are, are you enough? Do you have what it takes to keep all the plates spinning? Can, can you do it? Well, the answer is no. No, you can't. Not in your own strength, you can't. You can't. You cannot keep the plate spinning on your own. It's impossible. And you know it's impossible in your own strength. You can't do it. And I'm not, I'm not here to give you this amazing pep talk and tell you, keep spinning the plates, Mom. You can do it. You're just going to wear yourself out. You're going to wear yourself out, and you're going to find yourself one day sitting in your house. Your kids are at school. Your hair is all everywhere. And you're going to think, what is going on with my life? That's what it's like trying to do things in your own strength. You know, the, the hope is in the gospel. The hope is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everything we're called to do, husbands, fathers, mothers, wives, the jobs you're called to work on, everything that God has called you to do in life, the hope is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's where the hope is found. It's not in our ability to keep the plate spinning. Some of you here today, just a little sidebar, you think your relationship with God is based upon you keeping the plate spinning. But your relationship with God is based upon his love for you. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's keeping the plate spinning in your life. And it's no different for you as mothers. You're going to have a hard time keeping those plates spinning unless you know the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 2 Peter chapter 1 gives us a picture. This is, this is your answer. You're, no, no, you're not enough in your own strength. But here's where your strength comes from. His divine power. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. The divine power of God that lives in you through his son Jesus Christ dwells in you moms dwells in you. He is the source of your strength so when you feel you're at the end of your rope and I just can't keep the plate spinning anymore. I don't think the kids are listening to me. I don't think they're they're getting the homework explanation and they're having so much trouble at school I can't solve all their problems and you're just about to pull your hair out you need to remember that it is God's divine power in you that gives you all things, all things that pertain to life and godliness. Let's let's finish reading that section. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them we may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. It's God's divine power. It's his precious promises. Amen. Just you stand to your feet? Before I pray for you moms, I want to pray for all the moms this morning. So thankful for moms. Thank you, mom. Thank you, mom, for your sacrificial love. Thank you for fighting for peace in our home. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for pointing me to Jesus. And and thank you, Mom, for praying. I just want to say this. Some of you here this morning, you you don't have a good relationship with your mom. And I I understand that. And this, this message is hard for you to hear. 
But I, I encourage you to seek something to be thankful for with your mom. And I encourage you, if there's unforgiveness there in your heart towards your mom, I encourage you to, to be the one who pursues forgiveness. As hard as it may be, I, I pray that you have the courage to, to be just as God was the seeker in your life and pursued you in forgiveness, I would encourage you to, to, to be like Christ and pursue forgiveness with your mom. We want to give all the, all the ladies here this morning that are uh, raising kids. If you're a woman that's raising kids, not kids that are in college, if you raised them, you don't really need this, but if you are raising kids, if you're, if you're a mother or a grandmother and you're raising kids, we have a book for you. The book is called, I Need Some Help Here. It's a book of a couple of kids, kind of one of them sliding down the stairs in a laundry basket. So you, you need some help here. Hope for when your kids don't go according to plan. So when, when, when we leave, when I dismiss in prayer, and I'm done praying for the mothers, if you want the book, go through these doors here. They'll be in the front foyer. There'll be ushers there to hand them out to you. So I just want to pray for the mother. So if you have your mom next to you, put your hands on your mama. And let's pray for our mamas. So if you're a mama and you don't have anybody, no kids to put their hands on you, then you can, um, you can put, if you're a spouse, put your hand on your wife. Let's have all the mamas with mamas and grandmothers, hands laid on them. We're going to pray for our mamas, mothers and grandmothers. God, I thank you. I thank you for our mothers. God, thank you, God, that you have blessed us. If you've given us moms that love you. And God, I just pray strength over every mom. God, I pray that, that they would be endued with power from on high, that they would be filled with all the strength and the injury that they need to live the life of a mom, the busy life. The life that seems overwhelmed with so many tasks and so many responsibilities. God, I pray that they be filled with hope. And Lord, I specifically pray for all those moms here that feel like they've lost hope with their kids. Feel <laughs> that they just feel like it's not working. I can't get through to them. I pray that every mom here this morning would be filled with hope. That they would not give up hope for their kids. They would continue to persevere with them, loving them, praying for them, pointing them to Christ, believing in them. I thank you for moms. Bless them today. Lord, let this day be such a special day for all our moms and our grandmothers. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.